Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and my guest today is Jonathan Drake, who's an Alexander Technique teacher and Tai Chi teacher who lives in Norwich, England. And he, uh, he is very interested in applying principles from the Alexander Technique and Tai Chi to whole body exercise, including swimming and uh, running and what we're going to talk today, oh, and skiing also, and what we're going to talk today uh, about is rowing and sculling. And um, he has some very interesting uh, thoughts about rowing and rowing machines and how they, uh, what role the Alexander Technique can help in using them well. Uh, Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Well, it's a pleasure to, to talk to you as well. Before we get into uh, rowing, uh, could you give our listeners a brief description of the Alexander Technique? Yes, it's a self-help uh, method, and it's something you can apply to any aspect of your life, any activity, especially everyday activities, but in this context, you can apply it to fitness activities, including rowing. Mm -hmm. And it's really about how one can think in activity, how one can apply oneself to anything that one does. And that's how I see it, really. Um, mm -hmm. Alexander teachers traditionally work with their hands to guide their pupils into a way of moving which is easier and freer. Um, but I think the most important thing that happens in an Alexander lesson or should happen is between the ears in terms of the change of consciousness, of understanding how I can use this in my life right, from right. Straight, straight off. Right. And, and as you say, it can be applied to any activity. Uh, I, I guess Indeed. another way of describing it is saying that we're not generally that that focused on the specific activity that someone wants to do but how they do it indeed and we're into the how um, people yes. do things and of course rowing uh, is something that people can do well or do not so well so <laughs> i i would like to just read a a, a a sentence that you sent me in preparation for this interview because it it was it was it was news to me, and I imagine it would be news to a lot of our uh, listeners. Uh, the rowing machine is one of the least used and most abused pieces of equipment in the gym, and yet it has the most potential of any piece of equipment to improve all aspects of fitness. Wow! Could you say a little more about that, and then we'll get into how. The Alexander Technique can help people avoid the misuse part of that sentence. Yes, indeed. Um, using the rowing machine can tick all the fitness boxes. It most obviously works on cardiovascular fitness, mm -hmm. but it works on flexibility, um, range of motion, muscle tone, core strength and stability um, but most importantly and this is why it needs to be used well it's an opportunity to improve one's coordination 
because it isn't just about muscling it on the machine. It's about using the whole body to generate maximum power with the least effort. And it teaches people things that they can then apply in everyday movements because rowing action is essentially bending and lifting carried out in a horizontal plane. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you think the fact that we're basically physiologically hunter-gatherers um, and that the two kinds of movements we needed to survive were essentially walking and running and the other one was we needed to be able to bend and lift and carry things. Mm-hmm. So rowing gives people at the most basic fitness level, an opportunity to replicate one of those important survival movement patterns. And would you say that one way uh, people might uh, abuse uh, a rowing um, rowing equipment is to imagine that the work is all being done by their arms and not their whole body? Yes, very much so. People overuse their arms. They often pull too soon with their arms. They tighten their shoulder and neck muscles. And often it's it's partly a consequence of setting the resistance of the Concept 2, which is the most common rowing machine in the gym. It's setting the resistance level too high. So they feel that unless they have this, the high level of resistance it they can't be doing anything worth worth doing mm-hmm. but then the more you feel that kind of wall of the resistance the more it stimulates people to use patterns of movement that are more stressful and harmful so rowing is should be a, a leg dominant movement it starts with the legs and the feet and then it goes through the torso and the upper back shoulders and then the arms are just the final drawing the handle into the body. There, they, could you even say that they are really conduits? Yes, absolutely. Yes, they right. they they're giving you, they're giving you the connection to your own body weight principally, which provides a lot of the um, energy for the movement. Um, right. Yeah, right. that's exactly it. So this might be slightly off topic, but years ago I, I ventured briefly into Pilates. Uh, um, classes and the one piece of equipment that that really made sense to me was I, I can't think of its name but it had a rowing type action except that the whole your seat was moving oh yes do you know what I'm talking about um, you're moving you're using your arms and what it did it really forced you to stabilize your core yeah and I'm I'm thinking from what you've said, I'm just imagining from my days of rowing uh, a little rowboat uh, in summer camp as a kid on a lake. Yes. Um, you know, I just did it, of course. I didn't think about any of what we're talking about. But I could, if I imagine myself doing that now, I could very well imagine that uh, it it could be a core stabilizing and strengthening process if it done well. Absolutely, as you said, it could be <laughs> if done well. 
If done so, well, yeah. So I think with the Pilates machine, there's probably some way it's set up to, in a sense, require you to stabilize your core. It, it absolutely but, forces you. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas uh, the rowing machine right. doesn't. You can do. You have potential for doing anything you like on it. And when you see people in the gym, you cannot. It's extraordinarily. Uh, it's extraordinary to see all the different ways in which people cannot quite get the point of how to use the machine. Mm -hmm. uh, so it does strengthen the course. Sometimes people say to me, but I've got a bad back. Won't rowing make it worse? And it's a bit like someone who says, I swim breaststroke, but it makes my neck hurt. I've been told I should avoid breaststroke. Mm -hmm. um, like Alexander, um, you know, my, I've got some vocal issues. Um, therefore, I should avoid um, speaking and reciting. Mm -hmm. But actually, it's an opportunity to find out how to engage with that act activity in a completely different way. Right. And just a brief insert here. Alexander yeah. that we're talking about here is uh, F. Matthias Alexander, the the namesake namesake of the Alexander technique, the guy who developed it. Indeed. Right. So how uh, how would you uh, if you had a student uh, who came to you who's using uh, a rowing machine how would you help them to um, to use it in a way that would bring out these beneficial aspects well the first thing to be done is to really give them some feedback on what they're actually doing on the machine. Mm -hmm. So I would so I would sit them on my uh, rowing machine. I use a water rower, which is aesthetically more pleasing. It has a nicer sound than the Concept Two, mm -hmm. and it has a nicer feel. And I would video the person. You know, if they've mm -hmm. done some rowing before, I'd say, "Well, let's see where we're starting from. Let's look at what you're doing." Mm -hmm. And then I'd play it back in slow motion to them, and I would start mm -hmm. to point out things that are going on. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine, just guessing, what what you will often see is is a head pulling back onto the neck. Yes, absolutely. Uh, right, shoulders lifting up uh, yes. a bit. Yes, and... especially especially at the beginning of the stroke, where they're just beginning to dr begin the drive phase, where they're where they're trying to do some work on the machine. It's at that point that the neck stiffens and the head pulls back and the mm -hmm. shoulders overwork. Mm -hmm. And then at the other end, when they're, when they're, cause it's a sliding seat on the, on the rowing machine. Mm -hmm. uh, at the other end, they often will pull the chin down and they will sort of lock the neck forward in that position. Mm -hmm. Um, it depends how experienced they are. I mean, I can I can hear without seeing um, on a rowing machine whether someone has any idea of what the rowing action consists of. And I can usually guess fairly accurately as to whether they've actually rowed um, or sculled on the river or in the waterway mm -hmm. because they will have some idea of the rhythm. Um, you know, there are parts of the stroke where you work and you can work hard. Mm -hmm. And parts of the stroke, the recovery phase, when you're coming forward on the machine, having finished the drive phase, where the body needs to find some repose and, and relaxation. Mm -hmm. And so you can hear the rhythm. You know, you can hear this with the concept too, the, the chain. You can often hear a, someone who knows what they're doing. You'll hear a 
Whoosh. Click, 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 click. Mm-hmm. Whoosh. Click. With someone who doesn't know what they're doing, you'll hear a, a whoosh, <laughs> whoosh, click, 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 whoosh. Yeah. It's, so it's as though there's no differentiation. So, you know, they're working hard in both directions because they think that's what you have to do. You have to work hard and not intelligently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would assume that someone who actually is uh, rowing on a on water uh, develop some sensitivity to the properties of water. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and water, I, I mean, I, I swim pretty regularly, and I see a lot of swimmers. And I, I live in a part of the of the world where there are not a lot of people who swim. Where I live, I think the majority of people don't know how to swim, in fact. And I see a lot of swimmers who are almost attacking the water with their arms. Yes. It, it's it's uh, quite uh, disconcerting as an Alexander teacher yes. to see that because it doesn't appear that they're really doing themselves a lot of good. And, of course, they are also tightening their necks. But I, I'm, I'm just observing their arms, their hands going into the water, and they're just crashing into it yes. instead of just arriving into it, I guess is how I would put it. Well, what's in common, um, you can imagine when you're in a, a in a sculling boat, which has two oars, so one either side, right. um, that the oars are really an extension of your arms. Exactly. And, uh, exactly and, and, the, yeah. and the blades are what connect to the water. Right. So when you're in a boat, you're trying to feel exactly what the blades are doing, as though the blades were your hands. And you're not trying to move the river backwards. You're trying to um, connect to the river and prize the boat past your past your past your oars. Right. Uh, swimming is the same. You're trying to move your body past your holding arm or arms, exactly. rather than yeah. move the move the water backwards. So, someone who hasn't got a background in rowing or swimming in that way wouldn't have any conception and it would be very easy for them to simply haul in a rather mechanical way on the rowing machine. Um, so this is where the water rows sometimes brings, is, brings up trumps because you have paddles in a tank of water and it gives you a, a similar feel without the how you precisely angle the blades in the water mm-hmm. uh, to what happens in a in you know in the in the outdoor situation so the there river. is actually water in a water rolling yes. machine somewhere yes. whereas the more standard kind there is no water is that right it's, they're mostly air resistance right so that's you, a kind of a drawback right there isn't it well well i think so yeah. um and you're attached to a chain. So, you know, the handle's attached to a chain and it makes a rasping noise. So the whole process feels mechanical. Mm-hmm. Whereas the whereas the water rower has a has a, a belt that is it's made of, of some plastic material, but it's quite flexible. And as I said, you're 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 connecting to water and you have a totally d- different feel than you would with a with a concept too. Right. So you, but, after you've seen the video and they've seen the video, what's, yes. what's the next step? Well, the next step um, is I will often ask them to video me at the same time. 
uh-huh. so that so that and it's a way of me checking on what I'm doing. And I'm not proposing to them that they're going to see an ideal because I often criticize myself when I see myself at the same time. Right. But then I, I then go through what I'm doing and I explain how the parts of the rowing stroke work and give them more idea of what needs to be happening at each point in the stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, the common error people make, um, well, particularly rowers actually in the boat, is this issue of the back is often a C shape all the way through the stroke. Mm-hmm. And so it's in a state of collapse. And, it's, and it reflects the fact that when people are sitting on any kind of seat, they think it's an opportunity to to relax, which means for most people to slump. Right, right. Um, now, the fact that, you're, that the rowing seat moves gives you an opportunity to sit more actively. Right. But this is where your core needs to engage, because if it doesn't, your pelvis is going to tilt backwards. You'll be sitting more on your tailbone rather than your sitting bones. Right. And your back will stay flexed all the way through the rowing stroke. Right. So and most rowers don't seem to think this is a problem, even though back injuries is a very common issue for rowers and, and could be in, in indoor rowers who also do this much the same kind of thing. And all that rowing instructors, if, if you're, if, if, or, or all an instructor in a gym will say to someone who's, who, who asks for help is usually, well, keep your back straight um, and row at about 30 strokes a minute, which is a really quite a racing rate. So people, if they do keep their backs, quotes, straight, stiffen, mm-hmm. and, and yet they still engage their necks and their shoulders. And there's no swing. When you see a good, good rowing technique, the body needs to swing forward from the hips during the recovery so that you can get the weight right onto the foot plate to get the power from your body weight um, and not just from your arms to start with. So the spine needs to elongate itself during mm-hmm. the recovery. And that's when the breath will naturally want to come in. Mm-hmm. So the rowing stroke can really breathe you if you do it well. And if you, if you slump all the way through, you know, you're struggling for air. And, if, and also, you're just not moving efficiently. I, I mean, yes. I, w- I would assume that a, a really important thing that you do is ha- teach people where their sits bones are and what they are and why they're so important. Yes, absolutely. I mean, where that's, they... that's something yes. that Alexanders oh. would do for anyone who spends any time sitting. And, of course, yes. most people do. But... but um, because as you say, it's very common for people when they sit to kind of sink down, thinking they're relaxing and they're really just crashing into themselves and and often yes. putting weight on their sacrum, which is yes a, probably the very. last part of you you'd want to be have weight bearing. And for any any listeners who aren't clear about exactly where the what sits bones are and what the where the sacrum is. I just Google it and get take a look. Um, but the the sits bones are exactly what's designed to to support your weight in a sitting Absolutely. position. Absolutely, yeah. it will support the spine and it will right. help the head 
right. balanced delicately on the spine. Which I mean, is the other what thing, you teach as well, right? As an ab- Alexander ab- teacher. Yeah, absolutely. So we'd look at, you know, where the hip joints are located, range of movement you have there. Right. Where the head, where the head neck joint is. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And how this is very central in the in the structure of the body. And I assume ultimately how the student can uh, direct themselves to encourage a gentle gentle lengthening of their spine and bring to bear whatever flexibility and strength they have to the task at hand. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, they may... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Well, I was going to say there may be other issues, like, you know, the, the ankles may be stiff, the of hamstrings course, yeah. may be tight right. and they need to be ad- addressed. But first of all, you know, address the everyday context. Right. In Alexander work, we, we, we teach people how to take themselves into what we call monkey, which is how to bend. And as I see it, principally using the hinging from the hips and mm-hmm. then letting the knees and ankles bend passively. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people do is either bend from their lower back or mm-hmm. bend the knees too actively and end up by pulling themselves down into their hips and lower back. Mm-hmm. So in rowing, it's really important that you you um, rock over from the pelvis and the hips as you move forward on the machine. Um, and so the, 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 the place where flexion takes place, first of all, is the hips and then the knees follow, not mm-hmm. knees first. Mm-hmm. And what most people do on the rowing machine is is bend their knees first, and they strap themselves into the machine. So they they use this the straps to haul themselves forward. So mm-hmm. they're using their hip flexors to drag themselves forward, mm-hmm. um, and so the hips don't go through the proper range of motion that they should do. Right. Uh, and as a consequence, the lower back is tends to be compressed most of the rowing stroke. Right. Now, for someone listening to this um, who who wants to investigate it further, and they let's say they find they have access to a rowing machine, uh, and they and they they can find an Alexander teacher in their area. Uh, the vast majority <coughs> of Alexander teachers don't row, and certainly don't have rowing machines in their studio. Um, can that's a, true. A, person benefit from Alexander work even in your view even with with those limitations absolutely Um, because you can you you know you you can for instance discover how to sit more actively so with a bit of intelligent application you can you can start to change what you would otherwise do on the rowing machine um, and an Alexander teacher will help you how to go into monkey. Mm-hmm. Some some will help you lunge, mm-hmm. and principles of both movements are very relevant to mm-hmm. the rowing action. There's also a lot of you know resources available online. Some of it's confusing, some of it's misconceived. Mm-hmm. Um, I have just recently had published a little ebook on rowing technique from a holistic perspective. Mm-hmm. By Row Perfect, and that's available to 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 download to buy, mm-hmm. um, and that will give people a lot of ideas about how Alexander principles can be applied to rowing. Okay. So if they have some background in Alexander technique, it will make 
much more sense than someone just coming off the street, so to speak. Right. And is that book, um, can they find that book on your website? Um, I'm just, I'm... (laughs) I'm not very techy. I'm just I haven't got the link set up properly. But if they if if you put into Google rowing technique from a holistic perspective, row and then row perfect as the publisher, you will find it. Okay. Or they could go uh, to your website, which I will yes. put next to the interview and they can email you and you'll tell Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And, I, and, I, and right. I'll send them. But you should you should put, put a link on your site. I should. For sure. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, from what you say. Uh, it seems like, I mean, most Alexander, um, I would say pretty much all Alexander teachers uh, work a lot with people sitting because that's where most people have the most issues these days is yes. who are working indoors and at a computer and so on. Uh, and that alone would make a huge difference. And I suppose it would make sense if you are using a rowing machine to get someone to video you and show it to the teacher and and you could two of you could look at it together and the teacher could point out things it would be i think a lot of the things you you're talking about would be pretty obvious once you've once you've started thinking along alexander lines so to speak yeah very much so so uh, we're pretty much out of time, uh, Jonathan. Is there anything that um, uh, we haven't touched on that you'd like to cover? I can just summarize, I think, sure. if I may, Robert. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that rowing is a golden opportunity in in a fitness context in the gym for people to improve their fitness and well-being with some knowledge, which is what this podcast has has been about. And I suppose my kind of take on on Alexander Technique-related approaches to fitness is that if we can discover how to move better, then it should feel good. So the activity in itself should feel pleasurable. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't people want to do things that feel good? And therefore... Um, if we if we move more, we will get all the fitness benefits indirectly. We don't have to worry too much about measuring this and measuring that. Mm-hmm. And as you know, the bigger context is in the Western world, obesity is a huge problem. And people, you know, there's a small, relatively small proportion of people that are physically active, mm-hmm. quite a lot of people who aren't. Um, and this is, you know, a golden opportunity for Alexander teachers to help people um, improve their ability to move better and therefore maybe exercise more and therefore be generally healthier. Well, my own personal experience is that uh, if an exercise isn't at least moderately enjoyable for me, I just don't do it. Um, Absolutely. I mean, it's... (laughs) Uh, and for me, uh, personally, swimming and walking are, are two of the major ones, and I enjoy doing both, and they're both yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty helpful. Well, they are for me too. Yes, yeah. thank you. Well, um, my uh, my guest today has been Jonathan Drake, an Alexander Technique teacher and Tai Chi Tai chi teacher and rowing he's a active rower i should have mentioned that earlier he's a member of the Yare boat club in norwich england and i'll put a link to jonathan's website 
by the interview. And if you're interested in, uh, if you live in that area, Norwich, England, uh, you can contact him. And if um, you're interested in his book, you could contact him and hopefully he'll put a, a link on his website soon. I'll also put a link to a website that will enable you to locate a teacher, an Alexander Technique teacher, uh, anywhere in the world. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Robert. It was a real pleasure.